I've been looking all over. Where have you two been? We got lost in the labyrinth. What did you see? The monster. Hello, all my spooky lovelies. My name is Emmy Winter, and welcome to the Labyrinthine Eyes. In this podcast, I'm going to focus on talking about the stuff that scares us. We're going to discuss horror horror stories, mostly short stories. I will be telling stories, um, scary stories, fear-inducing stories. We'll be talking about dreams, basically anything that induces that feeling of fear within us. So I hope that you will take this journey with me. I promise it'll be fun at the very least, you know, (laughs) informative. Um, I do apologize. I know this is my very first episode. I'm trying to get the dynamics of everything in. Um, I'm sorry if the audio isn't as great as it can be. I am going to work on that eventually. Um, And yeah, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about why I wanted to do this. Um, Really quickly, I just, I became sort of obsessed with listening to the horror stories that you can find on YouTube. Um, You know, it's a scary world. (laughs) <laughs> it is a scary world out there. Sometimes we do have experiences that are kind of chilling. I know I've had a handful of my own experiences that still to this day, you know, freak me out. There are things, certain things that I, for the most part, don't like thinking about. But I think we have to remember that that fear is natural and it kind of is a way to help us survive. So with that being said, if anybody is interested in sharing their stories. Uh, I, If you are a fiction writer and you want to submit a short horror story and you don't mind my reading it on the podcast, you're totally welcome to do so because that would be absolutely awesome. If you have um, personal experiences and you want to submit those to us, that would be great too. Sometimes, you know, it is scary and I will be sharing a lot of my personal experiences. I will have guests on the show and we can get them to share their experiences with us. Again, it's whatever you're comfortable with, if you're comfortable with sharing at all. If not, you're welcome to just listen, see what's relatable, see if maybe we can make your hair stand on end. Either way, it's going to be a good time. At least I'm going to try to make it a good time. Hopefully I can be a good host. Now for today's episode, I wanted to start by doing one on recurring dreams. Mostly just because I have these recurring not so much dreams, but nightmares. I have recurring nightmares, or recurrent, if you will. Um, they happen a lot. Uh, they have happened to me since I was very, very young, and they've changed over time, kind of adapted, I think, to my age, to my stress levels, and so on and so forth. So a lot of what we are actually looking into today um is going to be my personal stories. I do have one friend who did submit his kind of recurring dream. We'll talk about that. If you guys have any stories that you would like to share, which I would greatly appreciate, that would be awesome. Um, you know, with with so, as submissions come in, I'll create episodes. Um, I'll keep you updated if we're going to add it or not. If you want to remain anonymous, that's obviously okay. Um, today I have three 
to four short recurring nightmares or recurring dreams that I want to share with you. Before we get into that, let's just discuss a little bit about what people think about recurring dreams, I guess. Okay, so now, mind you, I am no expert. I am not an expert on uh, dreams. I am not an expert in psychology, though I do study it. I am going to school for it. So it's something that interests me a whole honey bunches of oats. And if you would love to discuss this stuff, then absolutely please, please do so. The podcast itself, you're going to be able to find on Anchor, but it will also be distributed to other major sites. So if you have something that you want to discuss, something you want to share, you can always feel free to email me. The email to reach me is going to be winter emeralds, sorry, winter underscore emeralds 666 at gmail.com. And I will also have the Facebook the Facebook page, which is actually up. If you would like, if it's easier for you to start a discussion on there, you are welcome to do that. Um, the Labyrinthine Eyes, we're uh, on Facebook. Our Facebook page is officially set up. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if I will be setting up any other accounts at the moment. If you are interested in reaching out to me directly, I can be found on Instagram at emmy underscore winter 666. So, let's go ahead and move into this here. So, it's always been sort of a a fascination of mine, I guess you could say, to wonder about what happens exactly in our dreams. And I'm so sorry if you hear that heavy kind of snoring breathing going on. My dog is asleep, maybe like 20 feet away from me. And I don't know how to not pick him up in the background. And I apologize. I'm going to try to filter as much of that out as I possibly can. So please just bear with me. I'm so sorry. Also, I have a cat and she's an asshole. So if you hear her making sounds, you know, sorry about that too. All right. So we are talking about dreams. So what happens in our mind when we dream tends to be a little bit debatable from what I've noticed um just as the reason you know why way we believe certain things just kind of some experts say that we dream of things that are frightening because of the way that we have evolved uh one interesting thing that was told to me by one of my psychology professors was that we have always had the ability to sense when we need to run it kind of you know it ties directly into our uh, fight or flight responses um the survival of our species back to our oldest ancestors depended greatly on their ability to recognize a threat and to say hell to the motherfucking no and run the other way so now what's kind of the idea there is that you know our, our nightmares tend to be very different depending on what age we are when we're little we tend to dream of monsters you know things with glowing eyes and teeth that are coming after us things that are going to get us and going to eat us they're going to kill us these tend to be common childhood dreams and that again goes back to the whole you know evolutionary i guess thought on it um we have these dreams as a way of you know our brains telling us hey you have to be careful for these things because for our ancestors they were a very real threat now nowadays we're not going to you know 
we're not going to be on our way to work and be afraid that some animal that's larger than us is going to get us. We're not going to get attacked and eaten, torn to pieces. Uh, you know, well, like, <laughs> I guess in some sick way, that is still a possibility. But as humans as a whole, we are, you know, we're pretty up there and nobody's going to really mess with us. So it's said that the dreams are there as childhood, you know, just kind of be like, hey, you know what, this stuff you should really, you know, be afraid of it, be cautious, be aware. Um, now, kind of that stuff might give some of us anxiety, maybe, I don't know, I'm just saying. But recurring dreams tend to be related a lot to stress and they're they're very common in um people who are going through a particular thing or avoiding going through a particular thing so one thing that i did read on um psychology today uh it's an article that's titled what's behind your recurring dreams by michelle carr phd and one interesting thing that I did find in the article is it states that recurrent dreams occur in between 60 to 70 percent of adults and more often in women than men. The common themes include being attacked or chased, falling, being stuck, being late, missing or failing an exam, and even even losing control of a car. Now, a lot of people have had especially the falling dream right the falling dream we have that and that thing will wake you up out of a dead sleep and you will jump as if you are actually falling now examples used in the articles are mainly focused on like college students who have uh, these recurrent dreams where they fail exams or they show up completely unprepared for an exam or you know the naked in in class <laughs> kind of dream that seemed really common like quite a long time ago i haven't actually heard a lot of people talking about having that sort of dream anymore if you do please share but anyway so going back to you know the common themes that she said the very last one is losing control of a car that is going to tie directly into the very first recurring dream that i would like to discuss with you now this dream literally scared the hell out of me the very first time that i had it i was very very young i would say i was probably about 10 years old that's very young to me okay and it i woke up drenched in in a in a cold sweat it was an awful feeling it was terrible i was scared i was shaking i was disoriented i i i don't think i have ever felt so afraid as a child as i did in that moment and i did it to myself it was my mind i messed myself up and this is also probably what kind of made me a little curious as to you know the inner workings of the minds which is why i study what i study but my sense of fear from this kind of came from more of an internalized like i'm i was afraid of what i had done in my dream uh now oxford does define fear as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous likely to cause pain or a threat now with that being said like the fear that i felt was 
at the situation as was as what happened but when i woke up i remember being afraid to look in a mirror now before i say anything else on that we'll go ahead and jump right into the dream um i apologize uh ahead of time the dream is it, it's if you're sensitive to people being hurt <laughs> if you don't like talk about you know blood and this kind of stuff first of all this this podcast isn't for you um so as long as you don't mind that i mean welcome to the story it is just a dream everyone please remember that it's just a dream i'm not saying that these things actually happened okay now just a tiny bit of context before we move in when i was young we stayed at my grandfather and my grandmother's house and my grandfather owned this old t-bird that always sat in our dirt driveway um never really moved unless we were just driving to the neighborhood store which was just a few blocks away um he would usually just you know load me and my sisters up or my cousins in the back seat now the thing about this car is that it did not reverse um he would have to put it in neutral you know after getting us loaded up in the back seat put it in neutral push the car back out of the driveway which was luckily on a little slope so it wasn't that hard to push and uh once the momentum caught he would jump into the car put it in drive and then we can go to the store and do what we had to do and come back blah 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 but so just the focus there is basically on the t-bird because this basically the whole dream happened in that car so in the dream it begins with me waking up inside of my small bedroom um i wake from my sleep and immediately go out to the rest of the house to search for my family but nobody is around not my grandparents my mother my sisters nor any of my cousins i am looking everywhere and i find myself outside staring at my grandfather's t-bird parked in the driveway and i decide you know it's a good idea to go ahead and get the keys and take the car out to look for them. I've seen my grandpa drive the car. I know exactly what I need to do. Besides, for some reason, more than half of my neighborhood is missing. Knowing that I'm not going to be able to push the car back, though, I get in, I start it, and I decide that I am going to drive through the fence and out of the side driveway of the neighbor's house who lived directly behind us. Now, when I start the car just this is this is I, I feel like this is important because it's a detail that i remember very clearly i start the car and the that terrible screeching sound that cars that aren't a hundred percent mechanically mechanically sound make uh that happened but it was also mixed with what sounded like screaming from a tortured soul it was quite terrifying and i remember rethinking do i really need the car but i was already in it and i was determined to find my family so 10 year old me throws the car in drive knowing that it can't reverse i do as i said i drove through the fence and out of the side yard of the neighbor who lives directly behind us now while i'm looking around the car starts driving itself and i am freaking out because basically my entire neighborhood neighborhood except for the block that we live on has suddenly disappeared now at this point the car 
just starts driving itself. And I'm looking around, freaking out, because my entire neighborhood, it, it, it's just, it's gone. And as we're going through, there is nothing but rolling hills of, like, yellowing grass all around. Um, where once there was a pretty large neighborhood, especially to a 10-year-old. And the sky is turning this terrifying red-orange color. It's just, it's getting very dark, but there's still just enough light to barely see. And I start to see these figures up ahead. As we get closer, I realize that they are my family members. Everyone from the house that I was looking for is walking out there in the middle of nowhere. But something just doesn't look right about the way that they are walking. Their movements are so forced and they look like they are in pain, just moving completely against their will, almost as if they're being pulled by strings maybe. We start getting close and I try to turn the wheel to move out of their path because we were heading directly for them and the wheel won't budge. I have absolutely not enough strength to turn the wheel. I panic and desperately push my little foot into the brake pedal as hard as I can, but instead of slowing down and stopping, the car stays steady and is heading straight for my family. I start to panic and try to honk the horn, but it doesn't work. And then it happens. First, the car runs over my grandparents, but it does it so slowly that I feel like we're driving over a speed bump and I can feel my heart being crushed inside of my chest. Then slowly, the car goes for my little sisters and then my older brother and then my cousins and I am crying, I am screaming, I am begging God, angels, anyone, anything, help me stop the car. Finally, the car comes to a stop and the driver door opens. I jump out as fast as I could, falling onto my hands and knees on the grass, and I crawled away from the car. I just, I feel so heavy, and I force myself to stand up, and as I'm standing up, I realize that I am soaked in blood. It is dripping off of me and onto the grass, and it's creating this dark circle around me where <clears throat> I stood and I, I screamed. I just, in panic and fear, I, I realized that it's the blood of my family members. I was in the car and they were going under the car and somehow all of their blood is now dripping off of me. And I open my mouth to scream, but nothing comes out. It is completely silent. Then I notice my mother walking at the top of the nearest hill. She's wearing beautiful purple and white flowing gowns that are dancing behind her as she moves towards the other side of the hill. And I try so desperately to call out to her, to call out for help, but there is no sound coming out. My feet are so heavy, but I force myself to move forward and try to catch her. She stops just over the hill where I can still see about half of her. And I keep making my way toward her, still dripping with the blood and feeling so heavy as though I were trying to drag two boulders up the hill with me. Finally, I reach the top of the hill and see that she is standing at the very edge of a dark chasm. I panic and I know exactly what she's going to do before she does it and I reach out 
for her. I'm begging her to take my hand with everything that I have, all of my energy. And she throws herself over the edge. And as my hand is reaching out desperately to try to catch her, I wake up. And that is where, ladies and gentlemen, I wake up in a terrible, sweaty, scared, awful mess of a child. And I remember I told my mom about the dream once. I don't know if she really, you know, paid too much attention to it. I don't know if she remembers me telling her. Maybe I'll ask. But that dream haunted me until I was about maybe 16, 17 years old. I had that dream constantly and it was always the same it was always in my grandfather's old t-bird i always murdered my own family and then i had to watch my mother throw herself into the deepest darkest chasm i had ever well i could ever imagine obviously and there was absolutely nothing that i could do to stop it so there ladies and gentlemen is my awful very first recurring nightmare now I know that that probably doesn't sound so bad, but you have to realize how about it sounds to a little girl whose whole world revolved around her family, revolved around the people who she saw every single day, the people who she depended on, and the people who she loved. That is obviously frightening. And there was really nothing that I could do about it. There were times towards the end when I got older that I would tell myself, this is just a dream. You don't have to be afraid. This is just a dream. And eventually the dream did, it started fading away, which unfortunately just kind of led into another recurring nightmare um, that I don't really want to talk about. It, it's, it's, you know, at the time that the, that my first childhood recurring nightmare stopped was around the time that um, I became very serious with a boy I was seeing and my life took a huge leap and the dream then changed completely from that to my current situation but it, it it's really something that makes me deeply uncomfortable to talk about I don't like recalling it if you know anybody watch Adventure Time we're just gonna lock that in the vault lock that in the vault and, and we're good we don't have to think about it for now <laughs> anyway so that, you know, things like that, like I, I talked about before, we usually dream of monsters. I don't know what that was. So I'm going back to the article in Psychology Today by, you know, Paige D. Carr. Uh, we, in that dream, it, you know, losing control of a car. I feel like it's a little odd that I had that sort of dream when I was so young. I never had a dream since of losing control of a car never i've actually lost control of vehicles in real life <laughs> um that was quite terrifying but i have never had the same type of dream again and i am so damn thankful for that with that being said let's go ahead and move on to the next recurring nightmare that plagued me for quite a few years and i still to this day have different variants of this dream now this nightmare i feel like i kind of adopted from somebody else um the original nightmare was 
told to me a long time ago someone who I am very very close to who is quite artistic uh, painted a very dark picture of a man in a bathtub and that picture stemmed from a dream that he would have a nightmare that he would have where he would enter this dark room and there would be a man in a bathtub who had no skin his skin would be hanging up on a towel rack and the man would be relaxing in the bathtub with no skin now after he told me this dream i don't know why but i think the picture itself did it did kind of scare me a little bit it gave me the chills and from there my mind kind of took it over and was like you know what let's just go ahead and you're 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 gonna have your own little version of whatever this is because we kind of like that we like how it made you scared and we're just gonna freak the shit out of you now so that's what happened and thus begins this dream this nightmare that i adopted from somebody who i did who i do care about very deeply so i don't know if it's a sympathy thing but here goes this one the dream with the bathtub i wake up on the floor of what i can only assume is an old cabin everything is dark and every single window has been boarded up the place is quiet and dark and i can make out nothing in detail i sit up and try to force my eyes to adjust and feel a cold panic start to slowly wash over me then i realize that there is light coming from a room down a very short hallway so i feel around in in <clears throat> i feel around in the darkness reaching my arms out in front of me and i keep feeling until i touch the wall where the hallway begins and start making my way close to the door eager to put the unsettling darkness behind me i turn to face the rest of the room and see that the light is coming from a small round hole in the ceiling the light coming in is focused directly over a large white bathtub and i'm standing right inside of the doorway of this bedroom i'm in the room and i'm frozen i can feel that i can't move okay and i'm just taking in the scene the room is completely dark except for the bathtub and i can see that it's about halfway full of dark red blood and sitting upright in the tub is a man who looks to have been skinned his, and his eyes are locked on me he is sitting straight up in the tub eyes locked directly onto me i reach frantically behind me for for the door trying to feel my way out of the room refusing to take my eyes off of him because his eyes are locked on me but i soon realize that the door the doorway is no longer there it's gone i am standing against a wall there's a loud creaking noise suddenly and i look past the man in the tub to see that the door has just opened up in the other corner of the room diagonal from where i am now i start to realize that i need to move so i press myself as close to the wall as i can manage and start to make my way along it to try to reach the other door i move slowly refusing to take my eyes off of the skin man and back pressed against the wall i continued you know I, I start to slowly move 
towards the open doorway because I need to get out. And as I'm moving, he's turning his head and he is keeping eye contact with me. He refuses to look away from me and follows me as I start making my way, trying to get around him. So I make it to one corner of the room and I'm just relieved that I'm making any progress at all when suddenly I notice that the level of the blood in the tub is beginning to rise and it is beginning to rise rapidly. And in a panic, I make a more hurried attempt to reach the door, but at the same moment that I make a more hurried move, the skinless man throws himself violently from the tub and starts crawling quickly directly toward me and I completely freeze in my tracks. And just as suddenly as he began to crawl toward me, he stopped. He laid on the floor near the tub, still staring at me with huge black eyes with no eyelids and chunks of meat beginning to fall from his cheeks onto the ground. I stay still, my back still to the wall, trying to see out of my peripherals how far away the door is, but I can no longer see it. I make another slower attempt to move, but he moves too, just slightly faster than I do, and I stop and he stops. My heart sinks completely as I realize that no matter how fast or slow I move, he is going to catch me and the man on the ground starts laughing, hysterically laughing that it, you know, it's just, it's awful. This hysterical laughing that is somewhere between a deep hearty growl and and a cry of agony. Still staring directly at me, he just continues to laugh, but does not move at all. And then I wake up. Now this dream in itself tends to be more more creepy and it it's sort of it's off-putting. It has always made me feel a little strange. I always wake up and kind of just look at the floor. <laughs> it's, I, I left him on the floor. I don't want to wake up to him on the floor. But as I mentioned before, this dream does tend to have other variants. I sometimes the person in the tub isn't the man at all. Um, in a more terrifying variant of my dream, which I have been having a lot recently, uh, the person sitting inside of the tub is an old woman. Now, the old woman is cradling a baby in her arms and she sits in the tub full of blood half of her face from her nose down is completely missing the skin teeth and tendons and muscles are exposed while she is cooing at this little infant in her arms in between taking bites out of the dead baby now In this dream, I make my way safely to the door without being noticed. And as the old woman, you know, she's not paying attention to me. Um, She doesn't pay me any mind. She's occupied with the baby in her arms and it, but it is terrifying because the noises are just like a mother cooing to her newborn child. And they, they sound so innocent. There's no noise coming from the child. And then suddenly the woman will reach down and with all of her exposed teeth, she just takes chunks out of the baby in her arms and swallows. And I can hear all of those noises. They're burned into my mind. The sound of 
meat <laughs> ripping. I don't know if you've ever given a dog a large raw steak, but that is what my mind, that is the noise that my mind put into my head during this stream and it, it is awful. But I make it out of the room in this one and as I close the door behind me, I turn right before the door sh just shuts and I turn to see her staring up at the lights as she begins screaming. <laughs> She's staring up at the light, you know, the hole in the ceiling and she just begins screaming and it is th the most awful noise that reminds me of someone being tortured and it just chills me to my bones and I wake up there. So either I'm waking up to hysterical evil laughter mixed in with tortured screams or I am just waking up to the pure sound of tortured screams and it is unpleasant it is awful and the thing with that dream is that there is nothing coming for me there's nothing really posing a threat to me but I still have such an awful you know it, it still makes me afraid the feeling of fear is still there even though there is no immediate threat to me which i i find a little odd but you know maybe it's a common thing do you guys you know what do you guys think just you know if you want to get up on the facebook page and let me know that would be great i'd love to hear from you guys now in in uh, these dreams the the end result was a, a sense of fear um I, I woke up very afraid from, I always wake up afraid, um, sometimes confused, sometimes angry, uh, the fear, the recurring dreams, after a while they, they, they tend to piss me off. I will wake up and I'll be angry and I'll just sit there and I'll fight with myself. What the hell are you thinking? You know, what's wrong with you? Why did you even think about this before you went to bed? And, you know, I do the whole stop it. <laughs> try to tell yourself to stop it and you don't listen damn it but um there are other feelings that can happen you know a lot of times other other feelings arise from dreams we have different uh sorts of nightmares that in the end aren't as frightening but they still have a very real and very lasting effect on us and one of those effects one of those feelings can be sadness Sometimes we can wake up feeling extreme loss and extreme heartache, which is the example in the next dream that I want to read to you. Now, this dream was submitted to me for the pod podcast from one of the most awesome people who I have the pleasure of knowing. Um, he gave me permission to read his, his recurring dream. It's kind of a recurring theme going on. And <clears throat> this is going to tie a little less into fear. Well, I'm sort of interfere, but it, it, uh, the ultimate feeling for him was overall loss. So without any more ado, let's go ahead and get started on the next stream, which was actually a submission for the podcast. My recurring dream started in middle school, about the same time puberty really started to hit, and the only thing on my mind was girls. I remember the very first dream more clearly than anyone that followed, and it was it is my top five most vivid dreams that I have ever had. 
The dream started with me walking through an alleyway and coming upon this girl who was awkwardly masturbating to a dirty magazine. Remember, this was during puberty. Sex dreams were the norm. I stopped and said to her, looks like you could use a hand. My mid-school mind probably stealing that from some random teen sex comedy since I was inexperienced in even trying to flirt with a girl. The girl looked at me and laughed, but not in a mocking way, but in a how sweet sort of way. She threw the magazine at me and told me to catch her as she playfully ran away. I gave chase and eventually caught her at a park near my elementary school. And as we both fell into each other's arms, our lips met, like a cheesy chick flick. We made out for what seemed like forever, until we both just laid there and held each other. And suddenly, a crowd appeared and swarmed us angrily. They took my newfound love away, and I tried to fight them. Eventually, the crowd dispersed, and I was left alone. I desperately searched for her, going to random people on the street, searching for her in stores and in people's houses, until I woke out of the dream. As I laid in my bed, I felt such a great loss, almost like someone close to me had died. As I got older, I discovered that it was heartbreak I felt. As time went on, I would have similar dreams about different girls or women in different venues and different situations. The women in my dreams evolved into being whoever I was crushing on or dating at the time, and the situations evolved as well into being more violent. Now, the highlight of these recurring dreams is a dream I had about my former best friend who I was in love with but did not return the feeling. At the time of the dream, she was dating an abusive man. He was physically and verbally abusive towards her. The dream started out with me and her living together as a couple. One day, I came home from work and the house was a mess, as though there had been a struggle. I knew that he had to have been there. I searched and searched until I found them, and when I did, he seemed to be holding her against her will. So I attacked him. The fight was short and ended with me dominating him as I injured him badly when I slammed when I slammed him into an exposed nail in the fence. I felt I had fought for my girl and won, so I ran to her to embrace her, but she pushed me away, yelling at me for hurting him, and she ran to embrace him instead. I woke up from the dream with the same feeling of heartbreak as before. The dreams are no longer as frequent as they have been the last couple of years, but they still hit hard. The latest dream I had took place in a movie theater. I was on a date with a current woman I was dating in real life. We were sitting in our seats, waiting for the movie to start. She said she wanted some more popcorn, so she left to go get some. A lot of time passed. The movie had begun playing and I grew concerned. I left my seat to go and look for her in the theater, and the theater was huge. Think about the biggest multiplex you have ever been to, and double that size. I searched the concession stand, the bathroom, and the other theaters in the building. I eventually found her in the arcade, lying face down, nearly lifeless. I saw a group of men standing above her, and it seemed to me that they were the reason she was lying there near death. I questioned the men, and the leader told me to mind my own business. I yelled, she is my business, and proceeded to attack all of the men. I got a couple good shots in, even slamming one of the men into a pinball machine before the other people broke it up. I ran to my date trying to revive her, but to no success. And that is where I awoke with the same heartache as before. Now, 
first of all, thank you very, very much for the submission to my dearest friend. Um, I really enjoyed the opportunity to read your dream on the podcast. Um, so this kind of goes back to discussing why we dream the way that we dream. Like I mentioned before, I, I, I would wake up angry and feel like I was torturing myself. I'm sure that the feeling is similar, you know, whether your dreams are fear-inducing or you wake up with a sadness, with a void. Um, you know, there's everybody has these talks about what your dreams mean and the symbolism behind dreams and depending on your faith and where you come from and what you believe, you know, it varies. Um, I'm, I myself, um, I practice witchcraft. I'm, I'm not Wiccan. <laughs> which is a common misconception. I don't actually have a religion and Wicca happens to be a religion. Um, I don't really give praise to any deity, but I know that in a lot of similar beliefs that kind of circle around, you know, what I'm focused on, there are different ways to interpret dreams, different things that mean certain things, uh, kind of the, similar to the way that people do with tarot readings and things like that, you know, the cards represent something that, you know, you're avoiding or supposedly it's parts of psychology do say that it is your mind's way of telling you that you need to stop avoiding something. You're going to keep having these recurring dreams in this same fashion until you handle what you need to handle to make them go away. Now, I do not know what in the hell I need to fix in my damn life to stop dreaming about skinless people in bathtubs or older women eating infants. But, you know, hopefully I figured it out. Maybe somebody out there has an answer for me. So if you know something that I can do to get rid of the scary old lady eating a goddamn baby, please tell me because that would be greatly appreciated. I would love any discussion that you guys can bring to this episode. Um, I might do another episode where we talk about similar things if I can get some people to kind of submit some stories. If you guys are interested in doing so, you can reach out to me on the Facebook page, which is right now the easiest way. Again, it's just Facebook page Labyrinthine Eyes. Um, I would also at this time like to give a little bit of a shout out to... Um, my friend who actually submitted that very last story. He helps run a pretty cool page on Facebook if you are interested in horror, horror humor, you know, funny things that revolve around horror films, then go ahead and shoot them a like on Facebook. They are called the New Mexico Horror Society. Love the page. They post a lot of great stuff, original memes, and they share a lot of great memes and some really good horror-related artwork. So go ahead and give them, you know, a like, and then go, you know, obviously like the Labyrinthine Eyes. Go ahead and give us a shout out. Um, if you guys could share with your friends, that would be great. Uh, the more people we can get involved, the better conversation we can all have, and the more episodes we can get done. So thank you, everybody, for putting up with my my uh, rantings and listening to the darker side of my dreaming mind. Um, I would very much like to take this opportunity to let everyone know that I am going to do my best to try to get more episodes out quickly. I know I got the page up and ready to go and then I was delayed by several 
for several different reasons in getting this first episode up, but for the most part, I hope that it wasn't too much of a bummer. I hope that you guys found some enjoyment in it, and I hope that we can keep this going because this is something that I have honestly wanted to do for quite some time, and I want to have fun doing it, so if you guys want to get involved, kind of hang out with me from time to time, or even if you'd be interested on, you know, doing a little Skype call with me, um, I would not mind having guests on the show. So please, if you guys liked it, go ahead and uh, check me out. Like I said before, this is going to be on Anchor, but you'll, you should be able to find it on Spotify as well. I will post a link to the actual podcast on the Facebook page. Again, that is The Labyrinthine Eyes. I love you guys very much. Thank you for listening to me, my spooky, spooky friends. And I hope that we get another chance to do more of these episodes. Okay, I gotta go. I love you. Bye.